Guys, I can't believe it. It's 2022, and we're and we're talking about like the basic definitions of marriage and and not legalizing everything under the sun. I think Joe Cunningham has like a repeat button, repeat button, repeat button. Hold on, button. hold on. But Over now unders. I'm going to pivot to abortion. Uh, we'll talk about Joe Cunningham and Henry McMaster in the debate last night, and we'll look at some real clear politics polling that tells you the red wave is on the way. Welcome into the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, where we won't pivot to abortion as much as Joe Cunningham did last night. But Joe the, Cunningham does his whole pivot turn, pivot turn, pivot turn. I mean, he's like a high school musical dance guy. It's bad. Yeah, because I don't think he had any other major talking point but besides that and what other vices he wants to legalize. Correct. Well, it, the whole thing, what I found interesting was he... If you watched it, God if love you. If you watched it. <laughs> in the words of Joe Biden, God love you. Um, but in his opening statement, he kept looking down on the clock. Did you notice that? Like he was running he out had, of time? He had a bit. He's only I, used I actually to 30 had seconds. Several people, I had several people text me during the debate going, "What's he? can he answer without looking at his notes? Henry did a phenomenal job. Of not I thought, I notes thought the governor lot. did a great job last night. I thought Joe Cunningham did exactly what we knew he was going to do. And that was, let's talk about abortion. Let's talk about abortion. Let's talk about abortion. Let's talk about abortion some more. Because... You want to talk talk about killing children? Let's talk about killing children. No, let's talk about the problems that we have with the roads because that's that's got to do with abortion too. No, 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 no. We're not going to talk about roads. We're We're not going to talk about abortion. Okay, just it felt like that. I mean, when 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 the state's unemployment rate is low, when yeah. people are working, when people are making money in spite of what the federal government is doing, right? When you have all of these things, you have a very narrow window. And we'll talk about this later on in the show when it comes to nationwide looking at the Senate races and the governor's races. Democrats don't have a lot to run on right now. What do you have to to talk about nationally? We talked about abortion. this yesterday. But the thing about it is, you can't talk about the economy. No. You can't talk about your president. No. You can't talk about what your president has or has not done. You can't talk about crime. You can't talk about the border. No, because... You can't talk about foreign diplomacy. Has Kamala Kamala even gotten back to the border She's yet? Never, you, in order to go back, you have to go first. She did at least go to, what, like El Paso or something? Don't do that. Maybe really? she'll go on one of them electric yellow buses. Anyway, she does love those electric school buses. Electric buses. Just saying. Um, so we're going to get now into what was said last night. Now, now, full disclosure, most of these clips are of Joe. Because Henry... Did what Henry always does. He has a viewpoint, and, and it has been consistent. It hasn't changed. And, and so Joe will let you know about that, by the way. He will let you know about that. And the other part about it, too, is... If you're listening to this podcast, you begin to recognize that there are certain things that we all kind of agree with if you're coming from a conservative standpoint. And yet, when you start taking a look at the direction that Cunningham wants to go, or, or even better yet, his understanding of how to actually make things happen. We'll get there. Don't, don't jump. Don't jump. I'm trying not don't to jump. jump. He's it so is, happy. It is He's so, so hard. We're not to jump there. We're less than two weeks from election day. Dave can barely contain himself. Oh, my word. Let's get into I'm going to play these first two back-to-back. 
The first clip is his opening statement. Wait, is this Joe Cunningham or is this like every other Democratic candidate for governor across America? We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Jumping ahead I'm of me jumping. Again. I love to so, jump. So we have the opening statement and then we'll go to his question. He's question on abortion. We'll play both back to back. Here is the Democratic gubernatorial candidate, Joe Cunningham. Just like you watching at home, I'm sick and tired of the divisiveness. I also, I'm also sick and tired of the extremists in politics, just like Governor McMaster. I'm running for governor to expand freedom in South Carolina, not restrict it. I want women to have the freedom to control their very own bodies. I want our veterans to have the freedom to use marijuana when they come back from serving our country. I want to legalize sports betting. I want to take all that money. I want to pay our teachers finally what they deserve. And I want to fix our roads on top of that. I think governor has had his chance over 40 years in service. It's time for a new generation of leadership. Quite simply, I think it was fine the way before under Roe v. Wade. And quite pointedly, I trust women. I trust women to make their own health care decisions. And Governor McMaster doesn't. And that's the clear contrast between the two people you have on stage here tonight. Because Governor McMaster wants to ban all abortions and have no exceptions for rape or for incest or even for the life of the mother. Folks, his position is the most egregious form of government overreach you could imagine. I mean, just think about it. If the government, if politicians are able to come into your doctor's offices, what could they not do? That's why the consequences of this election are so dire. Because if an abortion ban comes to the governor's desk without exceptions, he'll sign it. So a couple of things. Number one, um, there's not, I'm just going to go ahead and let you in on a little secret. Uh, uh, Mr. Cunningham, former congressman, one term, got booted by Nancy Mace in 2020. Um, just saying. So... Just in case he hasn't been following the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, where we've been talking about the abortion issue um, for quite a frequently. while, yeah, yes, because we follow it. Um, Joe, there's not going to be a bill that's going to come to the governor's desk that doesn't have exceptions in it, because the very bill that came out of the ad hoc committee from the start had exceptions for the life of the mother. Then they added a rape and incest exception. Both the Senate version and the House version of the bills have exceptions for life of the mother, rape and incest, and the Senate version has exceptions for fatal fetal anomaly. So you're just relying. Does Joe Cunningham not know how things work, Dave? Or does he or does he believe that South Carolinians don't know and I'm going to play on their ignorance? I think it's I think it's the, the second of those because I think he doesn't think that most people know and understand. And probably, you know, you're listening to this podcast. You do keep up on these things. You're both educated mm-hmm. And, and patriotic. patriotic. So when you think about what you do and how you look at things, you listen to this podcast because you want to have a better understanding. You want to be able to apply what you see happening and at least be informed on this. I think Joe Cunningham is working off of, and I'm going to use this phrase in its, its truest intent, on the ignorance of people. Yes. People aren't stupid. They simply do not know. That is the, the, the definition of ignorance is not knowing. And so in that particular case, I think he's looking at this and he is trying to paint the broad Democratic national swath of all that Republicans want to do is put women in chains. 
And you're and, gonna put y'all back in chains. And, and, and that's the place where you look at this and you go, he is simply talking off of a talking point that the governor has never said that every other Democratic candidate out there is trying to tout that Republicans, all they want to do is make it so that the 10-year-old girl who gets raped has to then carry that child, as the woman from Florida said the Val other day. Demings. Val Demings. said the other day, carry the seed of her rapist in her... That's simply not the case. That has not been the case in any law that has passed in South Carolina. Or any. nationally, for that matter. And this yeah. is the this is the sad part of watching politics play itself out when you have candidates that don't put the truth out there. They put out this fallacy that, you know, Henry McMaster, all he wants to do is completely take over women's bodies and strip you of your ability to have the health care that you say and be so extreme on yeah. it that we are supporting rapists, that we're supporting Child molesters, come on, Joe. Yeah, really. There's there's, there's also a, a point here where he talks about government overreach. I'm I'm interested in this 2022 version of Democrats because I'm old enough to remember in 2020 when I was told that if I didn't get the Fauci ouchie, number one, I could lose my job, and number two, I'm killing my grandparents. I re I'm old enough to remember that. I'm old enough to remember that. And he says, if doctors can't, if politicians can go into the doctor's room, whoa, whoa, whoa. Politicians went into the doctor's office thoroughly during the entire pandemic when all of a sudden, if, if there was an alternative form of therapy that a doctor wanted to use for you, like ivermectin, okay? The, the, the use of whatever your doctor chose for you as his or her patient, you have the right to choose your own doctor. You have a right to keep be your able own plan. to keep your own plan. You have that, but when you turn around, Joe, and you say one thing, let's not be hypocritical. I mean, you you accuse Henry McMaster of being hypocritical. Well, the reality is the Democratic Party and the entire Fauci Ouchie cheerleading squad have been all for getting in your doctor's business. And that's the problem. We we found out last week that the makers of the Pfizer Pfizer that the maker of the vaccine had One of them. not even done certain levels of testing, and we're finding out now of the consequences, the unintended consequences, the unknown consequences of what the vaccine can do, and the fact that it really didn't protect you from transmitting it to other people. Or contracting it. Or I'm contracting gonna, it. I'm going to skip this so, next one. I had eight why, lined up. So why take it? <laughs> oh, sorry. I have eight lined up. Yes. I'm going to avoid that one. Um, I have eight lined up. I'm going to skip this. I'm going to skip the next one. There's a rule in this debate, same as in the debate, in the Florida debate and many others, where both campaigns agreed that candidates would not ask one another questions. Democrats, obviously, liberals, don't follow the rules. If they did, this wouldn't be an issue. They don't follow rules. They break rules. And so he, uh, Joe Cunningham asked the governor if he would veto a bill if it came to his desk that had no exceptions. It's a, it's a ridiculous hypothetical. And he, he's obviously trying to put the governor into a box, which is fine, I guess, but you broke the rule. And then what you did is you broke the rule for the soundbite. Charlie Crist literally two days ago 
did the same exact thing. The same thing. Yes. So if you pay attention to anything, you go, oh, wow, this looks oddly familiar and kind of dumb. And it is. The next thing, Joe Cunningham is asked about inflation. Now, now this question was posed to Henry, asked as, as, and the question was this, as we're in an inflationary period and could be heading toward a recession in 2023. Uh, okay. We are there, but there. Uh, whatever. It's fine. Henry answers the question. Joe Cunningham gets a response. Here's his response. Yeah, I just want to clarify that Governor McMaster had an opportunity to say that he would veto a bill without exceptions. Folks, when Governor McMaster said he wanted to do away with exceptions, believe him when he said it the first time. But when it comes to our economy. That was his immediate answer to a question about inflation, which tells me, which tells me he doesn't care about inflation. He is obsessed with abortion. I mean, absolutely obsessed with abortion because, okay, we jokingly did the over-under on the abortion question the other day. I think it, you had it at, what, we like hit the, four? We, we set the over-under at four and a half. We hit, the, we hit the over in the first 10 minutes. We did. And, and that's where, okay, abortion became an issue. It rose to a national prominence in April, May, March, sometime in the spring. Of 1973. Well, no, let's go back to this. Let's go back to the, Well, yes, that's true. <laughs> Trying to keep track with everything well, today. Well, I... But when the, when the Dobbs decision came June. down that overturned Roe v. Wade, that happened in June. The leak of it came out a few weeks, months before. When that happened, the Democrats thought, hey, listen, if we grab hold of this, this may be the ability for us to, to take that, that pivot turnaround that we need to take in order to gain the momentum. And the reality is they took the shot too soon. It, it went back into the place where they thought that we could distract from the, the problems of the economy by talking about abortion. And they're still stuck on the abortion talking point. We found that independent women voters back a few weeks ago, were 18 points in favor of the Democrats. They're now 16 points in favor of Republicans. That's a 34-point swing of independent female voters after all of the pounding again and again and again and again on the abortion issue. And yet that's where Joe Cunningham, obsessed with abortion, keeps going back to this over and over. Well, he's asked about the state income tax next because he has a three-pronged approach to his role as governor. He wants to uh, allow abortions, whatever, cool, um, abortion, 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 abortion. If you say it five times, you manifest something, I guess. He wants to eliminate the state income tax and he wants to legalize marijuana and sports betting. Those are his three things. He's asked about the state income tax here and he actually pivots to something not abortion. It's very interesting. Oh, really? Um, Congressman Cunningham, you have called for an elimination of the state income tax. If you can get the legislature to approve it, how do we make up for the lost revenue? Of course, and that's a great question, and I'm happy to get to that. I want to clarify the record that I am against vaccine mandates, and I have been because it's your body, it's your choice, and politicians need to be consistent and let people make their own health care decisions. Governor McMaster doesn't see that. But let's be clear about the record as well on COVID. Governor? You closed schools during the COVID pandemic. You also closed businesses. You even closed boat ramps. Folks, we understand that South Carolina, you know, we had one of the lowest vaccine distribution rates in the entire country. The history of how Governor, McMaster's, Governor McMaster handled COVID 
we've written on tombstones throughout our state. As it relates to the state income tax, what we propose are new streams of revenue. Legalizing marijuana, legalizing sports betting. And we also have to eliminate these corporate handouts that Governor McMaster has given to his campaign donors, like David Tepper, uh, you know, up in Rock Hill, where they, we spent $35 million of taxpayer money on an inter interstate exchange to nowhere. So how would you convince the legislature to go through with the state income tax cut? Because turns out, Dave, in our state, the state legislature has to do most of the footwork and most of the elbow work to get something done, which again, I'm not sure if Joe Cunningham knows that or if he knows that and he's playing on the ignorance of the voting public. But he pivots to COVID. And I love this twilight zone we live in. Charlie Crist did the same thing to DeSantis on Monday. He says, well, when I was governor, because Charlie Crist was governor at one point, he says, when I was governor, governor, we didn't shut down schools. You weren't in a pandemic, Charlie. Well, and, and, and again, Cunningham does the same thing here. You shut down schools. You shut down businesses. You closed boat ramps. Yes, and you got mad when he opened them up in June. Remember, children didn't go to school from March to the end of the school year right. of 2020. Most school districts in the state of South Carolina were back in session in person in the fall. Right. Because we were. <laughs> and businesses were open by, by, by mid-summer. I got married in June of that year. I understand it was a little difficult. But you can't want someone to do something. And then when they do it, you come back two years later and use that against them. That's like gaslighting. But at that's its what most he's extreme. Doing. It's gaslighting, but it's the Democratic talking point template that every single one of them is working off of. You know, you could take, we could go back through and we could edit out Joe Cunningham and edit in Charlie Crist. Or edit in Stacey Abrams. And they would all sound exactly the same. This is not a national election. This is a state election for someone who needs to know and understand what the power of the governor is, what the power of the legislature is, how you actually get things done. I, I'm no weird flex here. I used to work for a governor. I worked for Governor Carol Campbell during his second administration. One of the things that it's was like saying no offense and then offending someone it doesn't quite to work. Offend. But one of the things that Governor Campbell did so well was work the relationships that needed to be worked. Keep in mind, in his second administration was when we started flipping the House and flipping the Senate because it had been under complete Democratic control his entire first administration. How did that flip happen? Is because he worked relationships. We got things passed like what needed to be done to bring BMW to South Carolina. Keep in mind, every X series of BMW created in the world is made in Greer, South Carolina. In the big town of Greer. That when it initially came in, it was going to be 2,000 jobs coming into Greer, South Carolina. There are now over 9,000 jobs and they're getting ready to expand to their entire electric fleet. Yeah, which, which Henry talked about last night. 
These are the sorts of things that when you have relationships and you understand what your position is as governor Mm -hmm. and how that is in working with members of the Senate and members of the House and how you work relationships to bring things together, you can actually accomplish things and get things done. It is not by a swing of my pen that I'm now able to turn around and cut the income tax or the swing of my pen and be able to turn around and make abortion legal. It's executive. It, well, this is the thing. Democrats believe in executive fiat. Right. And executive fiat, I'm going to just bar the line one more time. We don't do that here. And it's actually not a good idea in any case. It's not no. good at a federal level either. No, it just, but it, it, it completely undermines the constitutional republic. The governor's office in South Carolina is not as strong as the president of the United States. That is the reality. We have a very legislatively heavy state. That is yeah. the structure of our state constitution. It is the way that it is. It makes us unique it, by, among many states. But the reality of it is the major job you have as governor is the bully pulpit and the ability to keep and develop relationships. When you turn around and you tell me that you're sick and tired of the partisanship, you're sick and tired of the extremists, and yet all you want to do is talk about the extreme issues again and again and again, it begs the question, do you understand the role of the job? Do you? Because that's the part that you're going to have to really begin. I go back to, and, and I'm not knocking his running mate as a person, but he had an ability to bring in somebody who maybe has some legislative experience, who could have been very good at connecting with the governor's office and the legislature. But that wasn't a choice of his, and okay. Henry McMaster was asked about uh, gay marriage. Um, because... Again, if you remember our series on the Dobbs decision, Justice Thomas did call into into question the substantive due process clause and how that has been deciding cases such as uh, uh, Lawrence and Obergefell, uh, Obergefell and right. a few others, and and the court should revisit those. He was right. he was alone. He in was, that opinion. Right. And no one else signed on to that opinion. And keep in mind, so what that is, and, and just brief tangent real quick, that is a concept called stare decisis, which the, the courts say, because we've done it this way in the past, because we've ruled this way in the past, we will continue to rule this particular way. And the Dobbs case actually kind of turned it on its head a little bit and said, mm, no, it was actually done wrong this way. We're going to actually correct yeah. and, and do it in a constitutional framework. So Andy Shane from the Post and Courier, Andy Shane. Yeah. Okay. Phenomenal great journalist. journalist. Um, and yeah, very I, will say, tuned in. I will say that he and Gavin did a great job. 100%. Of doing this Gavin, debate. Gavin was, Gavin made me laugh a couple times. Gavin, Gavin makes a lot of people laugh. Just need for to bring, fun. need to bring we him in. Gavin, the invitation Gavin, if you're open. listening today. The invitation's open. Here, come the invitation's on. open to all come of our media friends. Come join us to friends. the table. Invitation open to all of our media friends. Right. Anyway, the point is, uh, Andy Shane, great, great journalist, Post and Courier, asked Governor McMaster, in the state constitution, same-sex marriage is still not allowed. Right. But because of the Obergefell decision, federal came on top of that and ruled. So, we have now gay marriage in the state. He's asked if Henry would oppose same-sex marriage. Here's, here's Henry's response, and then we'll play Joe's response right after. We'll give you a nice little cross-section here. Well, uh, gay marriage is... is uh, it is... In our Constitution, it is not allowed. And under our state law, it is not allowed. Uh, I would follow state law, whatever the state law is. But uh, I, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I think that marriage ought to be between a man and a woman. 
just like I think that boys ought to play in boys' sports and girls ought to play in girls' sports. But, I, I, I mean, there's, you have to have some common sense in, in this arena, which seems to be changing all the time. But I, th I think that the, uh, the, our traditions, I think, are strong, and I think they're there for a reason. Back to the veterans for a minute, nobody. Yeah, wow. Um, for those of you who are just tuning in, it's 2022, and Governor McMaster wants to ban same-sex marriage. You just heard that tonight, folks. We have politicians that have been in government so long and become so calcified in their beliefs, and Governor McMaster has been a politician literally longer than I've been alive. And he's been taking our state backwards the entire time. Governor McMaster has been leading South Carolina into the 1950s since the 1980s. Folks, this campaign that we're running is a campaign ran on freedom. And I don't care who you are or who you love. I don't think it's government's role to be getting in the middle of that. And I don't think it's politicians' role to be ripping away freedoms from people it's, you know, and women who just want to make their very own health care decisions. So did he just talk about abortion again? See the pivot. Did you see the pivot to again? abortion there? Did you see the pivot. Over the under. We should have changed the over under. It should have at least been at least nine and a half. Well, he well he did he did give his line. If there were people in the audience, there was no audience. It was a studio. But if there were people in the audience, they would have applauded it. The government master has been trying to take us back to the 1950s since the 1980s. That was his line. That that was the line for him last night. Governor McMaster says he believes in the and I'm gonna just fill in the blank for you. The biblical definition of marriage. Right. Maybe call well, call he, me old fashioned. Well, here's the other part about it. When he was attorney general, he was leading the push for the passage of the amendment to the Constitution. He was a he was chairing the or the the work that was done at that point in time through the leadership at Palmetto Family back in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, yeah. um, when when that amendment was brought up and put on the Constitution of South Carolina. So I don't think his, his position is not going to change on this particular case, Like unlike what we saw with Obama or Biden or whatever. I think this goes back to the cultural sexual religion that is existing in America today. You see it coming again and again and again and again. Albert Muller talked about this uh, on his podcast the briefing, if you want to catch another great podcast, the briefing is a great place to get a big picture view of a Christian worldview. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that he talked about today was the Social Security Administration wants to be able to now allow you to change your gender yes. on your Social Security so that you could have been a man as you worked and then you become a woman or you can become an ex and so totally normal. this is a place where you look at this, and, and McMaster is right. Marriage is between a man and a woman. I mean, that is the biblical definition of marriage. Excuse me, biblical definition of marriage. Can I talk today? And on the flip side of it, it is also where we have as a state turned around and said, this is how we will define marriage in the political boundaries that are South Carolina. Right, and that got overstepped, obviously, by federal uh, jurisdiction. Whatever, that is what it is. And and Joe Cunningham makes his makes his hay, tries to get another viral moment. Last one from the debate last night. Joe Cunningham is asked how he's going to convince the legislator to do what he wants. Andy Shane asked the question that I've been asking all night. My wife can attest to this. I kept pausing. 
and saying, he can't do that. I kept pausing. Every, like every, she's like, can we just be done with this, please? Um, here's, here's Andy Shane again asking the question. Here's how uh, Mr. Cunningham responds. Congressman Cunningham, I apologize. Um, we all know sports gambling is becoming popular nationwide. You really can't avoid um, missing it if you watch a football game with all the commercials that are out there. You have advocated for allowing um, sports gambling, sports betting in South Carolina. A lot of folks are going to have concerns about that. Some lawmakers are going to have concerns about that. How do you convince, again, the lawmakers who would need to approve this, as well mm -hmm. as their constituents who may have doubts? Yeah. Is there a question there? No, how no, no. My question: How would you? How would you? I mean, how would you? I mean, I mean, how would you convince them? Yeah, they're they're they're, they're going to, you know, if they if they're if they worry yeah. about. A, 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 I, I get, I get where you're going. I get yeah. where you're going, Andy. Yeah. I mean, look, the truth is, this is about freedom, and this is about giving South Carolinians more freedom. And I, you know, this may be news to Governor McMaster, but this is already going on anyways. You know, people are using marijuana anyways. It's about if it's going on anyways, the state might as well regulate it, tax it make some money off it, and give that money to our teachers or fix our roads, which are dead last in our country, and also the second most dangerous. And there's appetite for this. You know, I know Senator Tom Davis uh, was, ran point on the medical marijuana bill, but there's also Republicans supporting uh, sports betting. And again, I don't care who comes up with these ideas, and I don't really care who gets credit. I just want to move our state forward. I want to bring our state out of the past and into the future. And that just requires new ideas. You know, folks at home have been watching my opponent's TV ads for several months now. I challenge you to think of one new idea that you've seen from this governor or why he believes he's entitled to another four years in office. You know, we'll fire football coaches after a couple of losing seasons. So why do we keep electing the same old politicians when they have no new ideas? That's the essence of our campaign. We're running a campaign of new ideas versus his campaign of no ideas. Um, really, one, one, again, I got to hit the football thing real quick because my ears perk whenever I hear the football thing. Yes, this is true. You got fired in 2020. After one season. So I, I guess I could call you the Will Muschamp of politics. Anyway, the point is, sorry, uh, really? I have to, yeah, that might get me in trouble. Um, the point I have here, Dave, he makes a great point. Yes, what, great what point. is the point the that point, he makes? The point he makes is, happening we should just legalize it like oh so people already smoking pot let's just legalize pot people let's, are already, using, legal, people are already using legalize that. it regulate it make some money off of it because yeah. that's the solution to the yeah. problem like people are already paying for paying for uh they're doing meth yeah but but they're, but they're, but they're they're, they're they're paying for sex too you might as well just legalize well, that, that too um uh, people, mean, wait 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 people are already driving drunk might as well legalize that too. Yeah, I mean, if, if see, that's see, the case, he didn't say any of that. But do you see where the philosophy carries itself over? I mean, let's Very just bad. say it. Very you bad. want to talk about freedom? Freedom. Freedom exists inside the structure of having a government with restricted capabilities to turn around and impact your life. Okay. We'll give you that one, okay? That's a definition of how we have our freedoms here in America. But with those freedoms also come certain responsibilities. And those responsibilities we have given over to our government to then say, hey, listen, here are the boundary lines in which we are going to operate. We do not turn around and have, uh, we don't allow kitty porn. 
We don't allow. True. We do not. We do not allow that. We do not allow other things that are going on out there in the public that everybody sits there. We don't allow murder. We don't allow rape. We don't allow these other things. We used to not allow kids to dance on stage with drag queens, but apparently that changed too. Well, that's because we got to give it a hundred thousand dollars. That's a big tip, by the Shout way. Shout out. Um, so that's what happened in the debate last night between Governor McMaster and former congressman from the SC First, unseated by Nancy Mace, Joe Cunningham. That's how I'm going to introduce him from now on. There you go. So we have that going on well, in our state. And and so let's put into context one last thing. Let's take a look at where they are on the numbers run right now. <laughs> on the dollars raised thus far, Henry McMaster. Last quarter raised $2.1 million to the $1.2 million. It's almost double. Of Joe Cunningham in the last quarter. Henry McMaster's total raised for this election cycle $7.6 million. And in less than half, Joe Cunningham is at $3.4 million. Yeah, 3.4 doubled to be 6.8. Right, which is still less, less less than, than... so man, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of difference. That's a lot of money that's to a lose. A lot of money to lose. But it's nowhere near nowhere near Jamie Jay Harrison. Harrison. But if he did spend that, much, well, well, this might make him like the head of the state Democratic Party one day. Trav, like don't this. let it happen. Please, please don't. Please don't. So, <laughs> so nationally though, I, I want to get to this really quickly because we are T minus twelve days from election day, even though voting has already started across our state and across the country. Real Clear Politics okay. has some new polling numbers out, Dave, and I find this very interesting. Let's start in the House, okay. the U.S. House of Representatives. Where the, where the Democrats currently have the majority by what, like five? By nine. By nine. Okay. By nine. Uh, the generic ballot has Republicans up 2.1 points. Okay. That's the generic ballot. That's just, regardless of candidate, voting Republican. Right. The RCP projection has the GOP picking up, on average in their runs, 29 seats. And and the projections range anywhere from 12 to 47. That would be historic. I just really quickly, I want to click on... We haven't seen that since the... Since the big switch when Newt Gingrich became right. House leader. Right. Um, this, according to projection, shows that Republicans could hold the House edge... 225 to 175. Wow. They will get whatever they want done in the House. That's huge. That's huge. Now, this is according again to real politics. Let's go to the Senate races. These are the top Senate races that they're looking at. These are RCP average projections. In Connecticut, Richard Blumenthal up 11 points. Not a shock there. Marco Rubio was supposed to be in a tight race with Val Demings. That's now a 7.4 margin in favor of Marco. Colorado and Washington appear to be heading Democrats' way. Ron Johnson was projected to lose that run against Mandela Barnes. He's now up 3.3. J.D. Vance is up two points on average in Ohio. Raphael Warnock basically in a dead heat with Herschel Walker, and some of those have shown uh, Walker. Uh, Mark Kelly? Out of Arizona. Out of Arizona against Blake Masters, basically a dead heat. Adam Laxalt in Nevada is up a half a point. Um... In North Carolina, Ted Budd is leading Sherry Beasley by about four and a half uh, in New Hampshire. New Hampshire, Maggie Hassan and Don Bulldog. Hassan, 3.4 points ahead. That's tight in that New Hampshire. That is a very tight race in New Hampshire. I mean, that really is. And I'm leaving the, out the best one. The, 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 the interesting one that I still find, though, is, is the lead that Fetterman 
still has. Well, he started out with a big lead. He started out with a big lead, so the question is how much of it is leaking off now, and will it continue to do so over the next week? 1.3-point edge right now, that on average. That is well within the margin of error Correct. on those. Now let's go to the governor's seats. We're, uh, by the way, RCP is projecting the, the, the GOP to pick up three seats in the Senate. Which that would take them to a lead of 53? Correct. To uh, 45 plus the two independents that caucus with the Democrats. And let's go to governor's races. According to RCP's uh, projections, Real Clear Politics, expected to pick up three governor's seats wow. in 2022. Just th- These are amazing, y'all. Uh, Ron DeSantis is up by 11.2 points over Charlie Crist. He was wanting to put that old donkey out to pasture, according to him. <laughs> uh, Greg Abbott... <laughs> Greg Abbott was supposed to, this was going to be the moment where Beto, my man Beto, Beto's going to give him a run. Governor Abbott's up by 8.3 points. Uh, Georgia, uh, Governor Brian Kemp is up by 6.7 points. I really really wonder, will the Kemp coattails be able to pull Herschel Walker across the finish line? That's what we're looking at. Lindsey Graham was with, with, with Walker yesterday. Uh, I think you're going to find a lot of folks going into Georgia because that's going to be a significant. If if Kemp can maintain some momentum and and pull some some votes down ticket, that could pull Herschel Walker across the line. No pun intended on that. Right one. now, back in the day, Herschel didn't need to be pulled over. No, he didn't. Uh, the line uh, Shapiro in Pennsylvania is ahead by six point four uh, as it stands right now. If you if you look at the governor's race in New York, Kathy Hochul six point one. Uh, Lee Zeldin is making that a race so down keep, the stretch. So that's my dark horse pick, by a, the way. A 6.1% difference. That's a 47-53 vote. That means that you've got almost half of New Yorkers who are turning around and saying, we don't like the what we're seeing coming from the Democrats. This is New York, people. They should be winning by double digits up there. Mm-hmm. Let's look at a few more here. And again, this is just highlighting some things. Oregon. Oregon, the Republican, right, is up by 1.7. Wow! In the point, Drazen is up by 1.7. In Nevada, the GOP candidate up 1.2 points. Carrie Lake in Arizona now up by 3.2. I was listening to a podcast the other uh, just this morning driving in, and they said that's because Carrie Lake is running against the embodiment of the color gray. Katie Hobbs is the embodiment of the color gray. Wow. Um, but K- Carrie Lake starting to pull up 3.2. Uh, Tim Waltz up in Minnesota is up by 2.5. Democrat Evers in Wisconsin, 0.5. Dead heat in, 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 in Wisconsin. And then finally, Gretchen Whitmer taking on Tudor Dixon okay. in Michigan. Whitmer up 3.1 points. That race back in August was 53, uh, Whitmer was up 17 wow. in August. And that race has tightened now is to a, within the margin of error. It is. A, you watch the graph and as, as you get further along, they get closer and closer and closer together and you begin to realize. Yeah, I, It was very interesting when you look at polling. I've done polling uh, in my previous life. I was it was one of the big items that we would always take a look at. Where are the tracking poles? Where are the things going? And and this is a place where you can see if momentum continues to move in this direction and people, this is the other side of it. 
independent voters, people who haven't made up their minds yet on what they're going to do, they start making up their minds the closer and closer that they mm -hmm. get to election day. Yep. And as that happens, it becomes much more clear exactly how close a race can actually be. Because a lot of people, you know, if, you're, if you're a diehard Republican or you're a diehard Democrat, you know how you're going to vote. That is probably, in today's world today, you've got 30% of your people who are hardcore Democrats, 30 people who are hardcore Republicans. That leaves you about 40% in the middle. Well, of that 40%, at least by September, the vast majority of those have already made a decision on how they're going to be voting. That leaves a window of about 10% of people. And that 10% of people is who everybody is focusing their attention on right now. It is not, are we going to get these people out here, our hardcore R's and D's? No, they're already, they're already decided. Soccer right. bombs have probably already decided. It's the people in the middle mm -hmm. who are trying, they're trying to sway that vote. And that's where you have to look at, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like your two minute drills mm -hmm. or what are you going to do in the red zone? Yeah. And that is where the right now, I, I go back to the debate because let's go back full circle to where we started. Mm -hmm. I think Joe Cunningham is still running his first quarter plays. And sure. it is, we're in, we're in the, the last two minutes of the fourth. I talk about football. You're looking like, you're looking like Carolina early in the season, the first quarter. Um, just really quickly on the polling side, yes. when it comes to the South Carolina race, it's not seen as a hotly contested race. It is not, it's not being polled as one, so you're not seeing as frequent a polling. I will tell you this, Trafalgar Group did a poll back in August. At that point, Henry was plus eight. There was a recent one done by a few in August uh, and early September. Henry was up by six uh, in that one. Yeah, same thing. Um, anywhere from 11 to six, Henry up. Uh, fairly comfortably. I think you're going to probably end up in a in a 56-44 or a 46-54 split. Uh, I think Governor McMaster solidly takes the lead, solidly takes the win. I think what you're going to find out is, it goes back to what we talked about before, it is what's going to happen down ballot. I, uh, the interesting thing will be is as we get more, now next week is we're going to be one week away from election day. Right. We're really going to start looking at uh, next Wednesday, the education superintendent debate happens. You have Senator Tim Scott and his race and a few other House seats that are that are pretty important. We'll revisit the SC1 race as well. As we get closer, um, the governor's race is one thing. Could Could we see more people turn out for the down ballot than we do for the up ballot. I expect to see a lot of down ballot. I think when you take a look Especially at- the education race. The education race is, is probably, it is the, the closest thing to a toss up. And I, and I say that only from the standpoint of, it is, it could go either way. It is swaying. You've got a Republican base that is, is now pulling their support towards Ellen Weaver in a very, I mean, Molly Spearman comes out in favor of, yep. of current superintendent. Yeah. Of Weaver this past week. Mm -hmm. You've Nikki got Haley Nikki Haley, Nancy you, Mace. Right. You've got all these folks who are coming out now in support of Ellen Weaver. I think she's going to be able to pull that one. And that will become another one of those places where as people show up to the polls, it helps the down ballot races. And I think the majority of South Carolinians are going to look at it and go, 
I don't want the same thing that I've been seeing in the past, and I certainly don't want to see what I've been ha happening in Washington happening in my hometown. Right. We'll continue to monitor the election. It is election season. It is. It's time to nerd out, folks. <laughs> well, a great debate last night. Enjoyable eh, to watch. Much more enjoyable than the Pennsylvania debate, which we will not get into. But plenty of action coming up next week. Stay tuned with us next week as we really begin to break down what's coming up. November the 8th is just around the corner. This uh, can you believe it? We're almost in the month of November, and Election Day will be upon us very, very soon. Looking forward to having some special guests join us after Election Day as well, and we'll keep you tuned uh, into who that might be. You might you might like the guest quite a bit. But that's all we have for you today as we recap the gubernatorial debate and the polling across the country when it comes to elections on November 8th. For Kevin Cayello, Mitch Prosser, and Dave Wilson, who is staged to my left. We hope you enjoyed this intellectual, patriotic edition of the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Podcast. I cut a few of them because I'm like, I don't need to keep beating them up. Yeah, it was good. This place where I got lost in my thought.